can you make clear like what are some of the the foundations of fun, foundational principles of feng shui feng shui is about moving energy to be more positive than negative in other words um each corner i do the black sack type of uh, of feng shui and so that means that each corner has a representation there's another kind that you do it by the compass i do more you walk into a room that's the way that that i work with the energies of home and when you walk into a home and let's say you're having a hard time with your knowledge and in your knowledge corner you have your dirty laundry you have empty boxes you have um, a dusty table right no judgment here. We all have a life, you know, but it, it's kind of like, well, you know, maybe if you move things, you know, get things moving, you'll help. Like for me, me being very dyslexic, when I moved into this house, in my knowledge corner, I um, had my dirty laundry and I could not think straight. I was always discombobulated. I was frustrated with myself. You know, people would say, my husband even said, you know, when we first met, Natasha, you speak Natashanese because I couldn't say a sentence right, right? <laughs> and so with that, that I cleaned up that, I put my dirty clothes in the closet with, clo with the clothes, and then I put dictionaries, and I put my stones, I put different things there, and I can notice that it, my brain can work better, even though if I have dyslexic moments where I don't spell things right, uh, matter of fact, on my um, on my um, some of my memes and stuff like that, I kind of go, oh, God, when I read it, it was said right. But when I look at it now, it's like, oh, geez, that's embarrassing. But I am who I am and I do what I do. Um, but um, there there is that point where now with having that, I can always tell when I'm struggling. I clean up my my necklaces. I clean up my stuff. Right. If my husband and I are struggling with um discomfort with each other. I go check out my marriage corner. I, um, if my yard is weedy, I'll weed my corner. I'll dust the area. Sometimes I just need to pick up a statue that I have and put it down. So like in this corner is my relationship corner, but this is in my spiritual room. So up above, mm -hmm. I have my relationship with my husband, which is love and a couple dancing. And then, um, the next one down is my relationship with angels then I have an uh, altar that has the animals and different intentions. And then I have my shelf that has books with trees and fairies. And then I have my family albums. So this is my relationship with, with the, um, with the uh, energies that I have. You know, I want to have a good relationship with everybody. Now with like this corner here is my helpful people corner. Because my helpful people corner, I want the universe to work with me. I want the, and I work with the Native American, First Nation, um, the tribal uh, belief in Mother Mary or the earth. And so how do I work with the, with the team that I have? Um, and, and how do I call in spirit to help me move my life? And then, you know, over here's my prosperity corner. And, you know, so there's different corners that you can represent. And if you work with the energies, you actually can get some help. So like, if you want a relationship and you have single things, you have, you have, um, a dead plant and you have, um, and you have dead, um, dusty and you're, you're like, that's where you dump all your medicine. What kind of relationship are you pulling into your world, right? So you, it's it's a thing that you can work with your life. You know, like I had a friend that I helped her feng shui her house, and we walked into her bedroom and there was no color, you know. And it was like she was having a hard time getting inspired, you know. So we fixed some things. We got went to Ross, got things on um, dollar sales and stuff like that. Got some color, some inspiration, and now she has. She says, now my house is a home. I have inspiration when I walk in. I, I feel like I can go and do things. So that's that's been the blessing about feng shui is it helps the energy move with you and you can move with it. Like I don't clean my house. I refeng shui my house so that I hate cleaning, but I refeng shui my house so that it can help move things along. And if something doesn't feel right, that's a natural feng shui of you. If something feels good and you want to put it there, that's a good natural way of, of balancing your house's energy. 
So I like feng shui, it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So basically with feng shui, you're decorating your home, but more specifically, you're having uh, designated corners. Is it in each room? Yes. Okay. So, so like you, this. you have, you have the layout, you have the layout. So let's say, um, and the Bagua is the sections of the, of, of, of the, the Bagua. So in, in, on the Bagua, you have helpful people, you have creativity, you have um, relationships, you have um, how you're perceived in this world, you have um, prosperity, you have health and, and ancestors, and then the knowledge corner. And then you have how you're going to be. So when you're, when you're going onto your property, your property has the Bagua over the whole thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then you, um, then you bring the Bagua down to a smaller area. You walk in your front door. You put the Bagua for your house. Okay. And then you bring the Bagua down smaller. You walk into a room. And you, wherever the doorway is, you change that Bagua to that area. Mm -hmm. And then you can even do it to your desk. You can do it. Like I've done it to my altars, you know. So my altar has a prosperity corner, a relationship corner, a, you know, all these different things so that it, it works to its greater good. So you, your bagua goes from your property to your house, to, um, to a room, to a desk, you know, you, you go down into these different areas and you can change the energy of the house. Like for me, I have two bathrooms and a septic system in my relationship corner. But what did I do is I really put intention in that corner, like, um, and that, and that the part of the house has a missing area too. So I made that missing area a room. And then I really make sure that that area is spiffed up <laughs> to put quotation marks so that it really helps my relationship. Um, in this house, um, most everybody has gotten divorced when they moved out. But for us, I've now been married 32 years. My husband has turned from being an alcoholic since 14 to being now sober for um, uh, for almost 12 years and has gone from being very black and white to saying the other day, hey, babe, I think I'm even intuitive. And so, <laughs> so with that, that um, that when you are if you're working with the energies of the home, you can actually heal your life more than you can then then it's a hindrance okay so yeah you're being very intentional with the way that you you know build your home and things like that it's very that's very interesting because yes. i think that i mean obviously people do decorate their home but but this is a def, a method that people use in different feng shui is a method that people use mm -hmm. to enhance the decorating you know experience of their home right Exactly. More purposeful. Now I can tell you, I'm not the, I'm more of a practical feng shuiist. So in other words, like um, if you're struggling with your life, I like to give people a purpose for certain rooms. Like I'm, I walked into one house and they're like going, I don't know why I can't get things healthy again. And I go, well, you have a sliding glass door in every health corner of your house. So we, we, we kind of did some things energetically, or I noticed that where there's energy coming in from like a road or something, and they're wondering why they always have headaches when they stand at this kitchen sink, you know? And so I kind of help them work with the, the practicality. Now there's some feng shuiists will say, you need a frog in this corner. You need chimes in this corner. You need this and that. I'll say chimes because we need to break up the energy of that. Like I have a long hallway. I put chimes in the middle of it and I ring it a couple of times when I walk by just to shift up the energy because the energy can get stagnated. Like me living at the end of a dead end road here, I have to, I have to not negotiate the stagnicity of the road. I, I have things to help the, the energy move so that it, it doesn't get stagnant in a certain place because almost stagnant energy is more damaging to a life and its purpose than having, let's say, you know, dirty laundry in a corner that you keep moving. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, the stagnation is what can deaden part of our world and our knowings. You know, like if we have a lot of broken pieces, we wonder why our back constantly hurts, you know, in our health corner or we're having problems with our health. Or like if you have alcohol in a certain corner of your room, 
like I walked into another house and no judgment here. I don't judge. If I didn't do it in this lifetime, I did in another lifetime. Why should I judge? You know, (laughs) so there, there was alcohol in, in certain corners of their room and it was always in the same corner. And I was like, do you have problems in that life? Do you have problems in that situations? Do you? Oh yeah, I do. I go, okay. It's not wrong that you have alcohol, but let's shift it up. So it's not so intentful in certain corners of your room. And so uh, with feng shui too, another thing that is a focus is how chi interacts with the house. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how does, can you describe chi and how it interacts how does like chi energy interact with the house? Well, how does it mingle with your household? Well, I understand that um, you know people talk about spirit, and I call that energy. Um, so, like if we open up doors, the first you know we open up our doors after you know the first fresh breast, the first day of summer, right? That we get the the chi, the energy, the spirit of the world coming in, swirling around swirling into our house right and then it swirls back out if we open up a window and that's what chi is it's energy it's that it's the energy and we want to have as much positive energy in our world because there is enough shadow work there is enough darkness there is is enough um dis-ease in our world why should we have that when we come home and so when something doesn't feel right that's gonna create more hardness like like let's say this picture here that's behind me um that if um the one that's right here that if that had bad memories let's say i had an ex-husband who was abusive that gave me that but it was the right picture for that corner it's not gonna it's gonna keep causing me to have that bad memory so get rid of it move it to another place give it away to someone that you know who really likes it that doesn't have that memory right and so with that that Creating the the better chi, the better energy, the better spirit of the house is what feng shui is um, helpful with so that we don't get the stagnation, the 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 dis-ease of the mind. We don't sit, you know, like um, like I tell people when they smudge the house, you know, um, they complain about someone being always down. I say, when was the last time that you shook you you pounded out that that person's chair, you know? Oh, I've never done that. Oh, pound it out. It's like for me, you know, after a bad night's sleep, how many times do we shake out our pillow? You know, how many bad nights do we have? And then we figure out that we have more bad nights. There's a lot of times if I have a bad night or I'm a, a, a lot of thinking in the night, I'll pick up the pillow, shake it out, shake out those that energy, put the pillow back on and I can rest more easier the next night. You know, so energy is very much, we are energy. And so when we work with it more on a positive note, then it gives us a chance to negotiate the story. You know, and, and many times it's us that carry the energy of certain things. Like I did another feng shui uh, with a house and the people thought, you know, is there any bad energy here? And I go, no. They go, oh, because, uh, you know, my dad had this and, and, and they were hoarders and that, and I go, okay, I'm not feeling anything from here. Yes, we may, I smudged it. I cleansed the energy, but it's you who's bringing in the bad energy because you keep bringing that energy, that moment back. And so what can you do to change and shift your energy? So we did some energy work with the, with that person. I, I did a, a clearing of his body. And he felt a lot lighter. And then that gave him a different perspective with the stuff that was in his house. And that's what it is, is that changing the perspective, changing the knowings can change our world. It really can change our world. And so how can people get in sync like that, like with their household? Or maybe they have they live with a partner, right? And then they can sense that they're bringing home bad energy. How can someone get in sync with the object in their household? and be very connected to their house and what's going on going on around the house as well as inside of the house well understanding that there is energy now for me i do protection in my house so if you see um, what's up in the window i have dragons angels stones different things right i have a cemetery that is as a crows fly about 50 yards from here so this 
and I'm a bright light. So I put protection up in my house. I do the same thing with my doors. I have food dogs in the, my doors, but I also do a form of, of a shield and I call it, um, like a, 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 a rain, uh, um, a, uh, shower or a waterfall energy where I put certain rocks that want to do this job. I ask them to do the job and I put a rock on one side and then I bring the rock up and around on the other side and I bring it down and I put it on the other side of the door. And I ask the energies of that to protect that whatever walks through the store is only for the greater good. And that whatever is on somebody or stuck on somebody has to stay outside the house. And so you can do those protection modes to help protect. Now, things can wear down. And so if you notice that things are sneaking in, let's say if you're, um, you live by a busy road, you know, you may have to do up a little bit more protection, shift it up as the energies change. But that's part of the dance is, is to, to figure out how to negotiate. Now I have like on my front porch, I have um, food dogs, angels. Um, I have a Native American. I have a gargoyle, you know, that I ask to, to support the protection. But I ask these things, even like a gargoyle, you know, you can believe it's real or you don't believe it's real. But I understand that its intention of a gargoyle is protection in my belief system. That yes, that like everything, there's good gargoyles, bad gargoyles, but this one's a good one. And I asked him to help protect. And and so with that, that he does help shift things out, um, keep things from coming in. I had a, a, a neighbor on the other side of my dead end road here that she did meth and she sold meth. Never had a problem. Never had a problem. The only problem I had was when my husband parked near the property line and he had his radio stolen out of his truck. Other than that, we never had a problem. We never had anybody steal anything from us. We never had anything because I used my protection. I asked the angels, the fairies to protect my property. And I also did other types of protections by walking um, a grid around my property and that kind of stuff. And that all that is about is energy. And, and if you work with the energy, it's amazing how it can support you. But the thing is of working with it. But if we choose to work against it, that's where we get the stumbling. That's when we get the, the, the application of the, of the dis-ease that's in our life. Yeah, like one, one thing more specifically, though, because I don't think we hit the question, the answer to the question. Oh, like, I'm sorry about that. Like, um, for example, like some people don't know that there's necessarily they get evil spirits that come into their house. Mm -hmm. And then they start to wake up and then they you know, realize that, oh, maybe my house is full of these bad spirits. Things. Mm -hmm. but yeah. But like, how can people know or get to know that, okay, there's things going on in my house that before I was asleep and all these things were happening. Mm -hmm. You know, how do people wake up and start to see these things happening? Um, a lot of times they walk in and they just feel uncomfortable in their house. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's just a, um, they, they have a hard time breathing, let's say, or they, they get chills. They just feel uncomfortable. They, they, they're restless. They, they, or they, they sit on a couch and they keep, you know, it's like, you know, they just keep moving. They, they can't get comfortable. They don't know why they can't get comfortable. And, mm -hmm. um, and when there's that, that situation that, you know, it, or if you feel like you're, you're being watched, you know, th that there's that part of that. There's a part of us that knows that something doesn't feel right. And so that's where you start noticing. And then there's some spirits that they start making themselves known. You know, they'll move things. They'll make noise. They'll, they'll, um, like I used, I lived in an apartment where there was a glowing, the, the door, the, there's a light underneath the door, uh, um, of the bathroom. You know, it's like, cause it was glowing all the time. The light was off, but it was always glowing. And so with that, that there's these portholes. I've had portholes in my house that I had to block up. Portholes are, are like energy fields that go through to the earth and then they open up and you can have darkness that comes up from that. You can, um, dark energies. Um, you can have, um, you can have good energies come up. Sometimes it's just, it's just a lot of energy that comes up and down. Um, and that's this, just, just 
disturbing in our being. We kind of feel like you don't want to walk in that area or you feel like that area is never light. It's hard to get it light. You can't light it up. It's always dark. It's always feeling heavy and dark and you want to almost walk around that spot. Um, we kind of do things unconsciously um, that are the conscious tellers that there's something that's not right in our home. I love that. So you're being conscious of one of your actions, how you go around your environment mm -hmm. and two, also paying attention to feelings of discomfort. Uh, yeah. What is it? Unease. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Okay. And, and two, if you, if you feel like that, you know, there's sometimes where it's like um, you have a closet that you just can't clean out. You know, you keep stuffing things in it because it's a, it's an unconscious thing to, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to be in there. I don't want that. You know, I don't, you know, and, and so you, you just kind of stuff things in there. Um, and when you do that, then, then it, it makes the energy stagnant. For me, I've had an area that I needed to get cleaned up and I finally rearranged it for the first time since I lived in this house. And now I can say that that, that energy has awakened in that, that part of my house, which I've been grateful for because I stirred it up. I stirred up the old energy that was stagnant to create new because it was like, it was almost a suction cup to, to having um, chaos come to it. You know, that chaotic feeling come to it when something is in disharmony with you. And do you feel like you can breathe better? Like, like, oh, you, yeah. like you can think more like what, what happened because mm -hmm. you cleared it? Like, yeah, exactly. Well, it's actually, I have a, a closet and a, and a small room that, and I would walk through it to get to my spiritual room. This is my spiritual room. This is where I do private sessions. If I can do it in person or um, zoom or my shows that I do. And, and so the closet would, I would keep shoving things in there and it would be like a storage closet. And then the other room was, was just, you know, hodgepodge of things. And so now that room, I made it as my craft room. It, it's more my inspirational room. And then the filing cabinets and things that I had in that room, I put in the closet. So I have more business orientated in the, in the closet, more organized that way. And, and it's been like, I don't want to put things in front of the filing cabinets. I want to use the filing cabinets. So I've been keeping it more open. And then I put a wind chime in front of it to help when I feel like that energy is getting stagnant again, because I want to create a new habit because the old habit is to put things in that closet. I want to create a new habit. So I, I ring the, the chime to create that break up that. Nope, this isn't, this is not going to happen anymore. That's awesome. <laughs> it is very um, awesome. That's really interesting. <laughs> it's definitely expanding my mind. Yeah, so. it, it is. It's a, it's another layer of, I'm going to call it consciousness. It's another layer of consciousness because our home is a representation of us. You know, you look at what's behind me, you know, you see so much and feng shui is not about minimalism. It's, it's about purposefulness. Now I can tell you that there are things I need to shift in my home that needs to go out. Yes, because I'm done with that part of my life. You know, that's the thing that, that right now we, it's good to look at is the item. It's, is the, is the item that I have from my past needs? Is it for my now needs or is it for my future needs? And ask the item that, and it's amazing what it will tell you. It'll be like, no, I want to go or no, I want to stay. You know, this is something I can really, you can really use me for. You know, and so there's that that balance of of you know, thing. And remember, when you're asking an item or you're asking the universe something, the first thing you hear, the very first thing you hear is usually more the answer that is truthful. If you let your mind take over or your old patterns take over, that's going to be sat more sabotaging. You know, but if you listen to that first thing you hear, I want to go. Oh, you want to go? Okay, I'm not right, quite ready to relieve you, but I'll put you in a box and I'll put you in the garage for a little while. And then after a while, you kind of go and go, oh, I can let go of you now and, and you release it, right? So there's this process of how we can negotiate life. So would you say you, f like you feel at home at your house because of this? Or is there still like, do you feel like when you interact with your home, there's still like corners or areas that seem off to you that will that don't, give you that feeling of being home especially inside of your own body as well like where you feel comfortable you feel relaxed you feel like your heart is open 
Yeah, um, I would say that that some of them are um, unfinished projects that I have. You know, like I rearranged my spiritual room and I'm these two closets and I still have a couple things that I've just put down just because I couldn't finish the project, you know, and I need to finish that. That's feeling disharmony in my spiritual room. Uh, I am, I tend to be a little bit more cluttery naturally. And so I'm noticing that I have certain areas that I've, oh, I'll deal with this later. Oh, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this later. And no, I need to pull that basket out and go through it and, and recycle it, you know, recycle what I can. And so, yes, to, for your answer, yes, there are places in my house, but that's where I use the opportunity that that itch, that that scratch, that oh, this is starting to bother me, to move that part of my my area along to my greater good. And I also know that we went through a major, you know, relifting up uh, through the equinox, the spring equinox, and the new moon, and and a lot of the energies that were happening that is going to set us up for what we are going to be going through in the next three to six months. And I really want to have a good intention during that. So I'm setting up, I'm using this opportunity to set up a lot of good patterns, which is relieving myself of like next to the couch where I sit, I have a basket that I put a lot of my paperwork in. It's on the call to get it done. <laughs> it's on the call to get it done here soon. So I want to transition more into a little bit of relationships here. Okay. So I, actually, in your most recent talk, you talked about, um, use the analogy of a DNA strand and you compare it to relationships. So can you go a little bit into how, you know, how DNA can relate to and how you use that analogy to describe relationships? So when we're talking about relationships, relationships need to breathe. And, and a lot of people have a hard time trusting in relationships and they have a hard time trusting themselves that they'll be okay if that person does certain things or or isn't around them all the time and you know it's time to start trusting and and i and i look at the dna strand you know and if it's a it's not in the 3d form but it's in a, like a picture of one you know the flat you know that the dna strand kind of goes out and comes back in and and as we're doing relationships you know we're going to have times when we're together we're going to be where, you know, we're together when the DNA is twisting, you know, that moment of twist. And we're, we need to have that connection, talking, dinner together, you know, hey, how was your day? You know, sure, I appreciate who you are, you know, those those conversations. But then it's like we go away for the day and we go through our work, we go through our life, we go through you know, what do we do? And we go away, we have our experiences, we learn, we, we have that individual walk in our day, but we need to come back again at the top with a DNA twist again and come back into the greater good of who we are and, and talk again, you know, what is your day? You know, you know, like for me, my husband doesn't really, for the longest time, he didn't want to hear about me. I have a job at an elementary school. He hates other people's kids. He doesn't want to hear about other people's kids. Well, that was my day job. Right. And then he didn't understand my spirituality. But the thing is though, I knew that in order to help him be him, I had to have an experience of breath in, breath out with him. And so it was about listening to him, helping him do that. And then I would slip in, you know, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you would listen to me about my day, even if you don't agree with it, you know. And so I would have to do that. So that would be the communication time, right? But then also, you know, we need to have time together that is apart, you know. Like my husband, if he doesn't go play golf, it, he drives me insane. <laughs> you know it's insanity you know he, he laughs with the guys he has fun he strikes a ball it teaches him how to be in life right so if i kept him home all the time i would be strangling him what is it what would that do for our relationship it would strangle i have to travel he knows if i don't travel I deaden, it doesn't let me expand. It doesn't let me breathe. It doesn't let me do. So I go down and visit a friend down in California once a year. And it's my expansion time. And so we he grows a lot when I'm gone. 
and I grow when I'm gone, but we have to come back and kind of reconnect. Like he said the other, you know, this last time I was gone, you know, hey, babe, you're gone a couple more days than, than usual. And I have to get used to having a wife home again, you know. And so it's that realigningness, especially since, you know, we're so black and white about our lives. You know, it's he's six foot. I'm five foot. He's dark haired. I'm blonde. You know, he was the alcoholic. I never drank. You know, it's like we were we're totally opposites. And so it takes us some work to come together sometimes. But it's that questions. It's the answers. It's the breath. It's the, you know, hey, babe, I love you. I'm grateful for you. You know, thank you for being home again. What amazing thing that you did. You know, it's whatever language you can use to help out with that. And I can tell you that it did take some work to sometimes do that. Um, he, he, he was a narcissist when he drank. You know, he was, um, he's a double Leo. He, Leos tend to be nar narcissistic in, in personalities. We all have narcissistic attitudes with ourselves. I'm an only child, so I can get one to myself. But it's that breath in, breath out. How can we work that? And I can tell you, when you work a relationship and you give it the breath in, breath out, you get to be who your greater self is. And I can tell you, my husband's not a narcissist anymore, you know? And, and I and I'm working on being more of a loving blessing to him, too. And it's that how can we work with each other? And after 32 years, you know, I practiced a lot. He's practiced a lot. Yeah. Some people, though, like because of maybe emotional patterns of neediness, they don't um, separate like that. Like they have mm -hmm. to cling to the person. Yes. So how do you deal with the fear of like so when you start to separate, for example, when you start to have your own time? How do you deal with the fear of uncertainty that, hey, maybe this person, we are spending some time apart, this person might dip and leave me, or this person might have second thoughts about the relationship or something like that, because they have, they've spent time away to think, you know, how do you mm -hmm. deal with all that uncertainty? Well, that's the thing about relationships, you know, like when I was married to my ex-husband, you know, that time apart, it showed me who he truly was. Would I want to have that in a lifelong partner? You know, would I want to have that uncertainty? But the thing about relationships, the more you love yourself, the more you can love somebody else. So uncertainty and um, untrust, check in if you can. And this is a more of an awakening thought. You know, how can you find love for yourself? Because if you're uncertain about that other person, how are you uncertain in yourself? People around us are mirrors to us. So if we're uncertain about what they're going to do, how can we be, how are we uncertain with ourselves? If we're um, angry about somebody doing something, what is that anger triggering in us that we need to work on? And that's more what relationships are about is that triggering us into more enlightened work. <laughs> Sadly said, you know, partners aren't, I mean, you can find a partner that's ease and grace, but there's still the that that tug and pull that we need to do to waken up and and I can say that that it's not easy to trust that process but sometimes we need to take that breath out in a relationship to check in to see who we are still because sometimes we immerse ourselves so much in the relationship that we lose track of oh I like to paint that painting was something that I really enjoyed or we immerse ourselves in the relationship and, and we forget about our friends and we forget that our friends made us laugh, you know? And so how can we, how can we find that breath in breath out? And it's just, it's practice to do better. You know, it's not about right or wrong and it's not about expectations. It's about practice to do better because we are not perfect. We're not, we're humans are not perfect. We're perfectly imperfect in the moment that we're doing, the better we can in making decisions. And all we can do sometimes, like when my husband first got sober and he went and played golf with his friends, sometimes the mantra I had was, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust that I'll be okay even if things fall apart around me. You know, I'm trusting, I'm trusting, I'm trusting things, I'll be okay even though life is may fall apart around me. And that's, that's, whatever you can do to work that out, you know, because it is a scary place to trust. It's a very scary place to trust. But if you can work through that and strengthen that muscle, it becomes blessings. But it takes a little bit of work to strengthen that trust muscle. 
Yeah, and also like in a time apart, that's where you're creating space and more. I, I think when you create space in yourself, I mean, that's where mm -hmm. the expansion happens. Like, you know, when I meditate, for example, I'm creating space inside of myself to, I'm just creating space inside of myself by centering in myself in my awareness. I'm expanding and connecting myself to spirit, which is expansive, which is everywhere. But yes. Coming back to relationships, though, in that space is where you really, like, like how you said, like you see who the person truly is and the colors come out. Sometimes people don't, uh, what do you call it? They're not used to the space or they're not used to the growth and the expansion. They'd rather stay uh, stuck in a narrow way mm -hmm. of thinking and stuff like that. It's um, easier to stay where we're at and know what we know than it is to expand ourselves and to grow out of that fear-based place. You know, mm -hmm. it's easier to stay where you know, where you're comfortable. Some people like to be diseased disharmony, dis, um, dis, you know, happiness, because it's what they know. It's more fearful to be on the other side of that. But I can tell you walking through that door, there's only rewards. My husband, who's been now a sober 11 years, hated the idea of being sober. Because in fact, he'd been drinking since he was 12 years old. He was 48 years old at the time, right? So he was in his 40s. The most fearful thing he could do was figure out who he was after sobriety. But he practiced that muscle and practiced strengthening that muscle. And he strengthened that trust in himself and liking himself. There's many times I would walk up and hold him, hug him. And he says, what are you doing? I'm hugging you. Oh, you going to let go? No. Oh, pretty soon he put his arms around me. And then we would breathe. And I would let go. Now he comes up and holds me because he practiced that muscle. He practiced doing better, but he trusted. He trusted. And one thing that I also too want to get clear on uh, as well is also when you have that space and distance between people and then you feel that insecure or this is where the confusion is where some people will label the fear of being cheated on or like fear of that person is leaving me. Um, because of something uh, that triggered them insecure. in the past, something well, either, that triggered them past. Yeah. Yeah. Like what I wanted to say is that some people will think of it as a trigger, mm -hmm. but also it can be intuition picking it up when you mm -hmm. have that space to yourself. So have you found that the line between, okay, this is my intuition telling me this person's cheating, this person's being apart from me or, person's cheating on me he's doing other stuff down my back or this is just me being triggered and me not trusting uh, myself or trusting in general well and that's that's a scary place to be because you don't know what the word is you know you don't know truly what it is you know you can have a like my my husband had girlfriends not girlfriends that he was with but he had friends that were girls and there was a time in our relationship that we were splitting, you know, that we were not together as much. And, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not proud of this, but I checked his phone, you know, and things were okay because I had the intuition that he was doing something. Well, he was, he was, he was communicating with her more than he was communicating it with me. He was having, I would call maybe a more of an emotional affair than he was a physical affair. Right. And so there was that intuition. But at the same time, though, what I had to do was figure out where it was coming from. And that's the question we can ask. Is this my fear or is this outside of me? And if you feel that 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 like, oh, this is in me, because I can tell you that there's a lot of people. This is where past lives come in. You know, and I called yesterday a past life <laughs> or, or earlier today a past life because those things we've been, you know, like, let's say if we had a father or a mother who went out on on my on the other you know parent, you know, that or an uncle that was very abusive that way, you know, and you you saw that disharmony and you really couldn't trust relationships. Well, when somebody is leaving, you get triggered by that old childhood memory, right? Or let's say if you um, were killed by your mate, you know, in a past life, or you you were the the maiden of someone who had sixteen wives, right? You know that 
and and you were always the last one to get loved you know that those those soul memories come back and 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 negotiate with us during those moments and if that fear is really 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 strong that's where you need to go talk to somebody you you need to come out you need to get it out of your own being and and talk to somebody and if you could talk to somebody about you know a counselor or somebody to to say you know is this fear realistic or is it not you know because if we're always being triggered there's something about that pattern that we need to look at. And sometimes that's where people like coming to someone like me who can see past lives, because sometimes it is a domino effect of, of something that happened in this lifetime and something in the other. But, but if it's something that you can start trusting and believing that you can work through, because sometimes that feeling is truth, you know, that they are doing that. But that's where you have to go to the basics. What am I seeing? What am I hearing? What is the patterns of this other person? You know, are they staying at work way too light without any expectation? Or are you finding that there's money being spent that there's that there's no call for it? You know, what kind of, you know, because there's many different ways of doing. There's gambling addictions. There's, you know, there's, it's not just about going out. You know, there's other things that can be going on in a relationship that is not something you can live with. And that's where I go to that serenity prayer is this, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. It's a God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, can and the wisdom to know the difference. difference. But there's something about when I was in a trouble spot in my relationship that the statement said, you know, grant me this, the courage to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to know the difference. Because of the thing that there's things in our relationships with ourselves and with others that we need to learn to either deal with them and live with them or not accept them and see where we got to go with that. And that's where sometimes that breath in, breath out with relationships, we really get to see, is this something I can live with and see what I can't live with? And if we deal this, deal with this earlier on in the relationship, we decide if we want to be with that relationship further on because i can tell you living with something for 30 years that you cannot live with doesn't always make the marriage a happy place and then one thing with relationships too is at least that i've noticed um you know sometimes there will be girls in my life that will feel what i've noticed is that there will be certain times when girls will feel into me so like they'll find a certain emotion I kind of, I'm very conscious of this. They'll find a certain emotion inside of my body or something and they'll be very intrusive and I'll, I'll start to feel traumas and things, triggers start to come up for me. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. how, like, why are they feeling so much into me? Like I, sometimes I feel like I don't have space yes. when they try to feel into me like that. So like, is that a sign of intrusion first off? And then second off, like, how do you begin to heal those things and triggers so that, you know, for your you don't take these things out on your partner and things like that. These triggers, you don't necessarily project them onto them. Okay. So let's take a scenario that you just described. Okay. So there's a lot of people that are waking up spiritually and they get very intrusive. For me, I do not read people unless they give me um, permission. I use discernment. You know, I, I'm very strong about that integrity for me. A lot of people, a lot of women, I'm going to say are naturally intuitive and they, Oh, and they put themselves on you. Right. Well, that's a conversation you can have maybe with them. Hey, you know, when you do this certain action, I feel overwhelmed by it. You know, I'm just kind of curious. Do you know that you do that sometimes? Oh no, I didn't know I did that. Oh, okay. Or they say, I'm not doing that. No, 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 no. Well, is that a relationship you want to have, right? So having that kind of conversation, being a little bit vulnerable and saying, you know, hey, at this moment, this is what I'm feeling. You know, what do you realize that you're doing that? You know, and, the, and not wrong or right. I'm not saying that it, it's wrong or right. I mean, other people probably enjoy it, but it's something that it triggers something inside of me. And I'm just kind of curious if, if you can just take a step back, you know, instead of 
coming at me and hugging me right away. Just say, how are you today? Can I hug you? Or, you know, or, you know, just to have a conversation before you come up and hug me and feel me, you know, or whatever that language is that you have. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. You know, so it's that, um, it's that discernment about how, how does this feel in me? Yeah, yes, it's a trigger in you, but that's also, do you have boundaries? Do you have energetic boundaries? And if you don't have energetic boundaries, you might want to get a, you might want to figure out what those are. Now I use love as my defined boundary. So that boundary is divine love. So I use the example of, let's say, putting a bubble around me, or I like to use a um, rainbow that is the most beautiful, clean rainbow you can ever have. And this rainbow is as big as you want it. And it goes from the heavens to into earth, right? And it's 360 around you. And in that rainbow is divine love. is the mm-hmm. moment of love. And I can tell you, I walk through an elementary school system and this love works. Because you know how many attachments and emotions are in an elementary school? <laughs> 400 kids, there's 400 emotions, right? Or more, because everybody 100 has more plus, than, yeah. yeah. Um, and perceptions and ideas and triggers and whatevers. And so when you have love, whatever comes through that love gets filtered. And if it's meant for me, it gets filtered into something that I needed to know. I needed to embrace as a teaching, right? But it shifts. Now, there's also people have an understanding that there's tough love, right? So tough love says, you know what? You don't need that. You don't, you, why do you have that? You know, it's like, it kind of, you know, (laughs) not, not coming in her back door, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's that, you know, protection. So I get that when I have like souls that want to, I'm walking through and there's a demon that comes up and says, Hey, and they want to come on me. And then they kind of go, wait a minute. No, I'm not allowed. Am I? No, you're not. No, you're what? Because I, when I walk into a situation, it's like my, I use a discernment of, um, or the, the clarification. I said to my team, you know what I do. You better protect me and you better have that love right on me when I need it. And they do. They do. Because I can tell you that when I walk up to a student and they're having a bad moment, either I repel them and they walk away from me because they're at a different vibration and they can't handle it because it's not up to me to change the kid, but my love knows what to do. The divine love knows what to do to help that kid. And so there's many kids who learn to trust me and I come up and I say, can I hug you? (laughs) You know, and I do. And they, and they, they get a different, they shift up a little bit of different perspective, you know, it's 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 one of those things, you know, that the love is one of those greatest protections. And I can tell mm-hmm. you that people say, oh, Natasha, you're here. It's not me necessarily, but it's who I am, what I am. You know, they can do it. And then who I am comes forth. Uh-huh. Can I give uh-huh. an example of what divine love feels like? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to pull myself back. Okay. Now, you don't have to be open to this, but just witness it. I'm going to spread out love. Divine love. I'm going to ask the angels to come in. Bring in love. Can you hear the, feel the different energies that are coming across? Because I'm saying different words. Mm -hmm. There we go. And then I'm going to pull myself back. 
you feel a difference? Yeah, I felt my heart shifts a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of things I didn't work on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly, because it's not for me to define it. It was me for just to be with it. And then I send it. And then sometimes I said the words trust. Sometimes I said the words acceptance. I said sometimes the understanding of, of guidance, you know. And so those different intentions would come because that's what I was told to put that intention into the love as the human that I am. Because mm -hmm. I was the human being with divine love. But I asked it to come and go through. Yeah. So in terms of like energetic boundaries, like this is what I think of, um, especially in those moments when, you know, I, you know, you have someone that you're with, they're feeling you out and stuff. Um, I started to become conscious of this because I started doing energy training and I could feel myself concentrate on certain parts of my body. Mm -hmm. and so I can feel like energy move from, I can move energy from, you know, yes. one side of my body to another side of the body. I can feel the stagnations where it's at in my body. Mm -hmm. So the more of the spirit I feel inside of my body, the more lighter I feel, the more mm -hmm. lucid I can move the energy around. And so then when something or, or something or someone feels into me, I can feel something. It feels like something other is reaching into me. Um, and so there are times when I don't, I'm not conscious of when, uh, of my own stagnations, for example. And then I yes. feel somebody reach into me, for example. And then, that's what I'm talking about. Like someone feels into you. It's like they, they can kind of reach into parts of you and you're not really conscious of it. And then they reach into you and trigger something. Um, so how do you, in a sense, establish a boundary when you're unconscious of the fact that something in you is triggered and broken? Like, how do you start to find? Usually to there's a reaction in us somewhere. There's a reaction. And I've learned and practiced the mantra, what is this here to teach me? What is this here to teach me? And so when I get triggered or there's something that happens, and so if I'm feeling kind of like a stagnation, like let's say in the shoulder, you know, and I'm just kind of like going, what is this here to teach me? Oh, you know, I haven't been so, I've been kind of caught up in myself lately. Okay you know, and I'll move through. But that there again is that checking in with where is things at, like the shoulder, it's about movement, right? Um, and it depends on if it's the right side or the left side is, is am I releasing? Am I caring too much? Am I um, holding myself in one position way too much? Because sometimes if our one shoulder is up too much, it's like, am I holding on to? So checking in with a little bit of that, there's, and this is like a greater thought, but when we're looking at those triggers, a lot of times they're here to wake that part of us up so that we can analyze it, look at it, think about it and negotiate it. Now, many of us get triggered and we're not awake enough. We get fearful. Oh, God, my heart hurt. Why, why does my heart hurt all of a sudden? Oh my gosh. You know, and, and sometimes it's because our heart was so, so, you know, stifled because we closed down so much that it's almost like that feeling of, of opening up, right? It's that moment of opening up. I had a moment in um, Hawaii when I had a, a friend of mine, male friend, hug me. And he cracked open my third chakra so much that if I didn't move away from him at that moment, I would have thrown up all over him. It was that much of a crack open because I had been shut down through my grief. My parents had passed. I had three people who passed away for on me within just four years at the same time I was having kids, you know, and then I moved, you know, in one year I sold three houses, bought one. And then my dad, or my mom died of Lou Gehrig's disease same time I had a kid, you know, and I had a four-year-old, you know, so my life was a lot. And so, and then having an alcoholic at that same time who changed jobs the same year, you know, so it was just, I was just so shut down in my chakra system. And when he hugged me, he broke me open and it, 
you know, it felt like, wow, at the same time of holy frickin' frack, you know? And, but we take those things as negativities because that's what we've practiced is that when something happens in our body, when we have, when things happen in our knowings, that they're more negative than they are positive. Even if it's a negative-ish feeling, there's many times where um, I have um, an upset stomach and I'm knowing that, that, oh, wait a minute, this is going to be a great energetic day, you know, because I've had an upset stomach and the energy is stirring in me. I'm not, and I'm getting triggered by that anxiety, you know? So it's that looking at it. And so I would take for you, you know, I would check in with your, your, your energetic protections, see about your triggers, remembering that right now we're doing a lot of work with our DNA. So I would even look at what your family triggers have been in those scenarios because you've been taught well, you know, and if we can kind of get that understanding of those moments that is this my truth right now? Or is this like my three-year-old truth? Or is this my 10-year-old truth? Or is this my 14-year-old truth? Or is this my 18-year-old truth? You know, and really looking at what, what they come from. And there, there again is, is that if we have these same triggers over and over again, I would talk to somebody who can maybe help you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so just learning how to be with the trigger, learning how to talk to it is what ultimately opens you up. You mentioned though, like when you, when that person hugged you, for, for you, was it frightening? Is that, is that what you felt in the moment? Like terror or was it more of like, um, it was just, it was just the understanding of whole, I want to swear. I mean, it's like that holy yeah, moment, you know, because of the fact that I'd been shut down for so many years with the abuse that my first husband gave me then the the alcoholic abuse of my married life at that time and we'd been married probably for 12 15 years at that time that um that 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 abuse that i was going through i had shut myself down and this awakening that i was going through this is what the grief of my parents did it awakened me to tell me to be who i am today um to do the work that i am that um I was going to Doreen Virtue's therapy practitioner course because I didn't, I knew I was intuitive, but how could I do that outwardly? And so when he hugged me being a male who cared for me, when I had been shut down from men, and then knowing that I worked, I was abused when I was a child also by a, by a male. So breaking through the boundaries of this male's that him hugging me cracked open that part of me that I had a shell around. And this is an observation I had later, but at that moment, it was a holy freaking, you know, moment. And then I had to go through the process of, of integrating it. What was this here? There's, cause you don't get answers right away when you have a whole mo holy moment, you know, that holy, Oh God moment, you know, you, you have to decompress it. You have to ask those questions because answers don't come right away. Sometimes they do. Sometimes there's the primary, the preliminary answers that come to you. But it's that process of, oh, 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 oh. And even today, I can say that that moment has a different perspective and lessons, even speaking of it right now, that happened 12 years ago. You know, yeah. because it's that breaking it down. And, and you know, like my dad always said, at this moment in time, we have this much information and we only know this. Tomorrow, another month from now, I'll have other information. And I wish I would have made a different decision or I would have done something different. Or I wish I would have known something different. But we don't because at this moment in time, we're this human. We have this experience. We have this knowing. We got to give ourselves credit for where we're at. Yeah, there's definitely been people too. I, I notice this sometimes too, where I'll give them my presence, for example, and then I can feel like they're hurt or maybe there's something inside of them that's broken. Mm -hmm. And I've, in the past, I would keep pushing into it, like, because I wasn't conscious of it. And now that, you know, done a lot of energy work and stuff, I, I know I like to pull myself away and pull myself back so that I don't, mm -hmm. you know, trigger them enough to scare them off. Because some people will get scared when 
you know, you give them, you give them your presence and then they get scared of the fact that maybe you're too powerful for me. You're too overwhelming for me. Like I can't deal with this. So you learn to like, just pull yourself back and make sure that you're not pressing too much into their uh, mm -hmm. boundaries and stuff like that. Some people well, don't want to be touched too sometimes. Exactly. And that's the thing is even me, when I was sharing the love, the divine love, it was up to you to receive it. I just brought it to the experience. You had a choice to receive it or not. Did mm -hmm. you notice that it surrounded you first and then you opened up to it? Yeah. Because it didn't go into you right away, did it? No. It surrounded you because of the fact that that's where mm -hmm. I understand that my love is plowable. It, it's flexible. It moves back and forth. If I walk by somebody who doesn't want the love, it walks around them. It's not up to me. It's not up to it to change that person. That's discernment. Mm -hmm. Their choice. Their knowing. Now, there's sometimes where I walk into, let's say, a classroom, and I can feel my love being cat with, you know, like, like the chi energy and going around. And I can feel it going around and not touching certain kids because it's not theirs to have. Not my thing. I just present it. And if somebody wants it, they can, they can have it. And that's the gift of somebody who's been working with energy and doing the work for a while because they have that understanding, I hope, of that integrity. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen that too. Like when I... I've done when I've shared energy of people too, that's how it is. Like if the energy goes around them, you kind of see it on their, you know, around their or like they're on their face first, around their body first, and then mm -hmm. it starts to seep in like almost you're watering a a plant or something. Exactly, you know, exactly. Because a plant that's dry doesn't it doesn't get the water right away. It has to seep it in slowly. And that's mm -hmm. up to the soul's walk. There's been many a times, even with my husband, I go to his higher self. Hey, you know. I know my husband needs this work. Do you mind if I work on him? And sometimes I hear the word no. And I have to say no. Okay. You know, and now he's getting more and more acceptable to me doing things. Um, but there's sometimes where he's not to this day. He likes to go down the hard road. You know, <laughs> it's like your choice, babe. Sorry. You know, I go to the chiropractor to get my knee worked on. You can have limp for a month and a half. You know, it's like that, that struggle, but you know, sometimes he doesn't want it. Mm. I love you enough to say, I won't help you when you ask me not to. I love you enough to say, I won't, I won't do what you want. I won't do what I want to do. I'll do what you want me to do. Exactly. That's a, that's a tricky place to be. A lot of people love beyond other people's boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Two strong pillars make a good roof. You got to be yourself. You got to be owning of yourself. And like, and then you, you can be one with the other. That's the thing about people that we don't really understand sometimes. Like Grandmaster Wolf says that, you know, um, did I say that right? He, um, yeah. That he says that, you know, when you label something, phone, you get separation from it. Yes. But I also have an understanding that to be one with something, you have to respect the boundaries of what it is. Because then you can be more one with it because you understand it differently. You understand it as it is. You under, you know, like another person to another person. I understand you are you. I can't change you unless you want to be changed. So I have to respect you as the the entity that you are, the being that you are. Just like you, I would ask the wish the same of, of me. But the thing is, though, we together are human. So we have that camaraderie. We have that togetherness. And so there's that separation, but togetherness at the same time. And that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah. On our show. Yeah, we've already been going for a while, um, but I have time. I love talking about this kind of stuff, and conversations are a blessing. Mm -hmm. I mean, so last question. Yes. I know we could definitely keep going, but I'm going to 
stop it right here. Um, any final advice for people? And then where can people find you? The final advice that I can maybe support somebody with is, is that remember that you are loved, even though your mind says that you're not. Many of us have struggled with that understanding. And love is greater, the human love is greater than what people think it is. And the divine love is even more greater. So in our spiritual awakening, please trust the process that there's something greater out there for us that is trying to show us that there is something to be lovable with. And you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com. You can um, find me on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, and then I have a podcast, Life Clarifications with Natasha that all my live shows that are Monday and Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time um, on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, you can find those on podcasts, Life Clarification, Natasha. All right. I'm all Maybe. over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I'll link it in the description so that everyone has it under one yes, little yes. segment. So, uh, well, thank you for letting me be here. This has been a blessing. And, you know, I'm just so grateful every time that I can spread the word that there is something greater out there and it is love. You know, I listened to the Shine Down song, um, How Do You Love? You know, you lose your way from the cradle to the grave, but yet it's how do we find those experiences and lessons to find our greater self? Exactly. And I love the wisdom you shared on this episode. So. Thanks once again for coming on. Mm -hmm. Blessings to you and blessings to all who are watching this and <laughs> who aren't made this, this, because that's one thing I sent when I sent that divine love, I sent it around the world at the same time. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. <laughs>